do we just put all the four on the same line for our, for us? Um. Yes, you can bring them up as you talk about them. How about that? That way, we're kind of just kind of just surprised by it. How's that sound? Wait, so don't write them. Don't write them for now. Oh, okay, okay. Oh no, please write them because then if somebody else has the same thing, then you're like, oh well. Not writing them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to write them. If somebody, if because you know, then if you know, it's like, oh, I see Caleb is going to talk about this. I don't have to then bring this up. Wait, now you're writing, writing down them? your top four things. What he is said, happening? You said not to write them, and now you're and then the somebody one that's said we them. should write them. So I was going to write. I was saying that we should write them. God, fine, we won't write them. Just on. write them as you go. Jeez. Do we want to write them or not? Oh, no, we're not writing them. Hey, everybody, welcome to the forecast, episode eighty. Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced every Thursday where a group of people who love exploring discussing all kinds of things from board games to video games to film to TV to just things we encounter throughout our everyday lives. One of which is PAX, which we get, just got back from. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, if you want to check out some other things we've done, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash We Are The Horizon Community. Or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com. We also have a lot of additional content up there. Uh, we just posted our most recent Humble Monthly Bundle Rumble. So you should check that out as well. Additionally, everything we talk about in the podcast, we push out to our cast notes. Then that goes to whatever podcasting app you're using. So make sure you check that out as well. I am also joined by a few additional peeps this week. Alex McCoslin. Hello. How's it going? Wow, that was that was great. That was that was <laughs> phenomenal. We're gonna we caught complain him off about <laughs> immediately. First wow. person. Yes. Man. Caleb Juno, comma unrelated. What's up? Owen Patterline. Hey, how's it going? And Brock Gobin. Jake sucks. <laughs> oh. God, well, he's not here. Burn. That was a burn. That was a burn. Uh, let's start off with what we always do, which is uh, what have you been playing lately? And Alex, we'll go ahead and start with you. Sure. Um, I have a couple things on my list for this week. We started playing Astroneer, a few of us. Um, that game was in early access for a long time. It hit 1.0 like a while back, like a few months ago, probably. Uh, and for whatever reason, I've had it in my library and just not played it for a long time. So uh, finally, I was just like, hey, let's play Astroneer to Caleb. And uh, we were also joined by Frank and Cassie. That was and um, PAX, right? No, this is... I thought they had a booth this year. They might so. have had a booth, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, so we played Astroneer. It's like a survival exploration sort of game, like one of those games. Well, it's you left yeah, crafting. crafting. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's the big thing. Uh, it's I don't. It's got some hooks in it that make it pretty interesting. Like you have to manage your power in the base, and like you're hooking everything up with all these like cables and stuff like that. And you're also on a planet that doesn't have oxygen, so you have an oxygenator at the base, and you've to like explore the world. You have to lay out these tethers from your base to physically give you like a line all the way back to your base to keep your oxygen flowing and so like at one point we dug all the way to like the basically the planet's core and so we just yeah. got like this super long line of tethers that just <laughs> crisscross all the way down through like the crust of the earth one of the best things providing if, power and oxygen if somebody's way down deep in the earth and you know like digging up some resources for you you can just be back at base and just remove one of the lines in their tether and just oh my by. gosh! <laughs> it's so evil. Out. And then you just suffocate and die. Wow, <laughs> it's so pretty evil. terrible. Uh, they were the, 
They were in packs, by the way. I was just looking on there. Okay. On Twitter. Oh, they, were? they were there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. My bad. Uh, one, a couple of the things that really kept me into the game. At first, it was like, yeah, we could, you know, you craft all the stuff, you build all the buildings, and it's like, oh, cool, we did that. But I think the game has some more longevity than most crafting games um, because it has this mystery air of mystery about it where the planet has some of these ruins on them and you can go explore them and you have to even uh what's the word i'm looking for like dig them up yeah you like dig them out and power them yeah and it makes like yeah excavate thank you (laughs) you can uh link up different teleporters they teleport to each other and then there's one in the center of the planet that you start on that looks like vaguely different it looks like it might teleport you to other planets or something which would be cool um, but I think the idea of the game is the first planet you start on, you don't have access to every resource. You're going to have to build a ship and go to a different planet to collect resources that aren't on your starting planet, which is a pretty Yeah, like we haven't found mechanic. iron yet on right. our starting planet. Right. But I we're pretty to to sure a, it's on a different one. Yeah. I had to go to a different planet to get one resource that was on there that wasn't on ours so that we could build some extra items. And like currently we just have like one-way fuel sources right now they like you put a booster on this ship and you fly to another planet and it's just used up and so you have to either like carry an extra booster with you or like build one when you're there or something to get back yeah it seems pretty cool it's pretty cool elements to it and it seems like the solar system or maybe larger universe is at least not tiny neat and like the Terrain deformation stuff is really cool too. Like you have a mm-hmm. like a big suck gun. A big, big like, suck gun. <laughs> yeah, yep, you have a big, big suck gun. gun. I'm sure that's the technical term. For sure. And you, you just like suck up ground and you can kind of form it however you want. And you can also blow it back out and <laughs> form other types of land. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's just all like it's not like blocks or anything like like a uh, Minecraft is just like however you want to do it. Thank goodness. Sounding a little Minecrafty. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we also played Risk of Rain. Some. Risk of Rain two. Risk of Rain. Yeah, two. In the second <laughs> one. Which is very similar to Risk of Rain, the first one, right? Okay. Uh, we, <laughs> we played some Risk of Rain. We played it for a while, and I was like, "Oh, I see that. I recognize that. I recognize that." At some point, I was like. What they just took all of Risk of Rain one and made it 3D. That's what they have done so far. I'm pretty really? sure. It's I mean, it's, it's like the w- same enemies, wow. like the, the same, same upgrades. It's crazy. It's same bosses. You, remember that big robot that claps in your face? Oh yeah, that looks yeah. terrible. He's all over the place. He's great. <laughs> oh my he gosh. also claps in your face. You get too close to him. So yeah, the same attack patterns. It's just all in 3D instead of 2D now. Yeah, is very it all strange. the same all the same character classes as well? No, actually. Okay. I, well, you start with some of the same ones. But okay. there are other ones, right, Alex? Like the one you yeah. you played recently wasn't one that was in original. I forget the name of that one, but he was different. Like so the there Huntress you go. is See? from the first game, the Commando was from the first game. Mm-hmm. And all of their moves are basically the same. That's the mm-hmm. answer. You want to make a new game? You just add a couple new classes. Done. Make or a little three. Just to add another dimension. <laughs> Just take any two game, 2D game, just add a dimension to it, and you get a second one. It's definitely yep. how that works. That's amazing. Very easy. You yeah. hit the button in Unity that says 
3D. <laughs> 3D, 3D Defy my game. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go up next. Uh, I've been playing a little of uh, the B-sides of Celeste. Oh, yeah. I have been traveling a lot on a lot of planes recently, it feels like. So I've just been playing on my Switch, which I don't get to do very often when I'm home. So, um, Man, I'm getting to the point with that game where I'm, I'm almost like I'm glad this beat God of War for number one. <laughs> as stupid i never thought i would say that because i absolutely hated celeste when i started playing it i I died all the time i didn't understand how to play it it was just annoying and frustrating but i have solved some go ahead was it just you didn't realize that everybody else was as bad at celeste as you are that's that's what it was i really thought i was just like the most i I assumed when i got done that everybody was gonna be like oh yeah i died like 20 times on level one And I'm here, I've died like 450, and I'm like, oh man, I'm just terrible at this game. But in reality, I didn't realize, but yes, people are, there's a lot of deaths going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, a hard game. It's hard. It's fun. It's cool. There's some really cool mechanics um, for like the the, uh, end game stuff, like when you're collecting all the crystal crystal hearts. Yeah. I think some of those are really neat. Um, And just, I, I really like it teaches you some of those without telling you what they do yeah like it just you just figure it out as you're playing because it's just built well yeah i really like the one in the wind level when you're basically just uh forcing yourself to navigate the background of the level instead of the foreground mm-hmm. it's just there's just some really cool mechanics to that game so i've been playing on a plane so i've been dying a lot because you know it's a little bumpy and you know <laughs> you really have to get that switch stick in the exact right place yeah especially on the b-sides so yeah, but it's called the D-pad, bro. Yeah, no. Um, I it also really have been... your if, if you hold up <laughs> and right at the same time, it just always does a diagonal. Is it's weird. that how that works? That's weird. Oh. It just hurts. You your don't thumb even have to worry about getting the, the right exact position. Thumb. That's why it, I just use the stick until I really need to find control. Well, maybe I should just buy one of those like stick extenders for pro gamers. <laughs> While I'm at it, I'll get a pair of gunners. Oh. It'll be Whoa. great. <laughs> Why are you guys going to bash on my guys? <laughs> um, I also uh, I just recently actually started one of my capstone courses, uh, and I've been doing a little designing in Unity, which has been fun. Um, I took a Udemy course. I've been I'm like 75 percent of the way through a 2D gaming Udemy course, um, and I have built some games that I've had to play myself, which is such a weird perspective because <laughs> it's something that you've worked on. And it's like cool, like really cool and fun to see that you've done something, but you're so frustrated by your lack of ability to do, like to understand and harness certain mechanics in game. Yeah. Like this feels so much smoother in other games I've played, but um, it's just, it's, it's fun to see that and implement it and then go back and like, you know, try to just better understand game mechanics. It's, it's been you a fun should, time. You should uh, share that. Should I share that? Remember when we tried to get Jake and Caleb to share the game they made? I I sent you Jake and Caleb's (laughs) game because I did the the music (laughs) for it. There's reasons, okay? There's reasons. You should share that. Also, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, also, uh, because of the fact that you recommended it, I bought the uh, Udemy courses for... uh, so, So I will be right behind you in learning how to code in Unity. Yeah, it's Unity so forgiving. And Ben Tristram's courses are great. He does a really good job of explaining things, so it's been really fun. We're gonna uh, say Caleb? something, yeah. Something Jake and I, I think realized when we were making our game is that after you make it, 
and you play through it, it's like, wow, we didn't make this challenging at all. And then we had other people play it, and they're like, this level is impossible. Like, there's no way you can make these jumps. <laughs> we're like, what are you talking about? You just hop? Yeah. Like, oh, I guess after you make it, it's just, you've done it so many times. That's actually one of the things they talk about in this one specific course often. They're always like, look, you've played this level a thousand times at this point. <laughs> you know the exact direction to go, the exact mechanics. The first time somebody picks up this controller, it's going to be the hardest thing they've ever played. So just think about it from their perspective and make it a little bit easier. So it's been fun. Uh, Caleb, what have you been it's playing? time to get good. Uh, I've been playing a <laughs> few there. different games. Alex already mentioned Astroneer Risk of Rain 2. Uh, I've been playing a bunch of this game called Superland, which just came out. It's a first-person Metroidvania game. So you're hopping around with a little sword, smacking some people up, unlocking new abilities and going back to previous areas and finding new unlockables and secrets and all that good stuff. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, the games... I've never played a first-person Metroidvania, as far as I'm aware. Um, but it's pretty fun, and it's really clever in some of the puzzles that it has in it. It has a whole bunch of puzzles, for the record. But it's very clever with some of the puzzles it has in it, and I like them a lot. Nice. Okay, and I have a quick question, because yeah. I never played the Metroid Prime games. Did you guys play those, and are those Metroidvanias? Oh, I was yeah. also, <laughs> you know yes. also going to ask that, but I yeah. like, mm. Good point. I, I will argue Yes. That they no, are, they in are. fact, Metroidvanias just yeah. in a 3D space. They 100% are. Wow, it's been a long time since I played Metroid Prime. What great wow. games. Yeah, they actually really are. Man, I like Metroidvanias. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I've also been playing Hades, which is the super, new Supergiant Games game. Um, it's in early access on the Epic Store only right now. So I've been playing it over there. And epic exclusives. <laughs> yeah. They've kind of gotten back to their roots a little bit. Um, in that it's like a Bastion style isometric action yeah. RPG. Um, no which more, I like no more three player basketball, three on three basketball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's the dodgeball. name of that game? Um, Pyre. Pyre, that's right. Yeah. And this one's a roguelite. Roguelike, I guess. Um, so of course you hate it immediately. <laughs> You know, it's pretty fun. The problem right now is it doesn't have enough content. There's only two regions, and I blew through those, like, immediately. So I've been just going back and unlocking additional weapons and mm. upgrades and whatnot. But I'm at the point where I've done most of the content in it. Uh, so I'm excited for more of that to come out. The voice acting in it is really good. I don't know why mm. that is, like, something that I noticed, but the voice acting is great. Uh, Owen, how about you? I have been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey um, mm. and a lot of it recently just because I'm trying to grind through it and also because uh, my girlfriend apparently really likes watching me play Odyssey. And so we've just been running around the Greek Is islands. Is just like real life in-person Twitch? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Wow, yeah. I mean, like, that was most of my college years. Yeah. <laughs> she, she Four of us sitting in a dorm room playing Oblivion. Like, that's all we did. That's no, no, so it's ridiculous. my turn. Yeah, like, <laughs> with, I don't know how many times I watched feedback. Oblivion happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's just like, hey, go go to that island. Babe, babe, suck less. Kill this dude. Why do you keep Man. dying? Get better. And I was like, thanks, honey. There is something just, just kind of awesome about remembering when, like, everybody had to sit around watching one person play a game. And you're yeah. all kind of participating. 
We got like three boxes of star crunches, like a bunch of <laughs> Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh yeah. I didn't have to shit for three days after we did it. Like, those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah, can't do that anymore, man. Whoever owns it is just like, no, I, just, I need one more try. Just one more try. <laughs> right. One more try. Um, if it's a two-player so game, the second person just has like the weird third-party controller. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So you've put a lot of hours into Odyssey at this point. Yes, it I like. think it's like 40-some. Mm-hmm. Um, Sig- significantly better than the Assassin's Creed we got in the bundle. This that, you know, I did like Origins, but I feel like Odyssey just kind of gives it a little bit more flavor. It, it kind of like builds upon origins in a very good way and i think that it just kind of does everything better the story i think is a little bit better um and it kind of also makes more sense like with bayek of sila um you know he's just kind of like i gotta go kill all of these people that for some you know messed up my kid and then all of a sudden you're like working for Cleopatra and you're doing all this extra stuff and like you kind of like miss the mark of hey just kill the one dude that killed your kid whereas at least this is like there's a reason for you to be going after everybody because they all attempted to kill you and your family not just one of them Mm -hmm. and so you're like oh well this makes sense why I'm trying to get everybody here and what what's the time the setting the setting is uh, Greece in during the Athenian Spartan Wars. There's probably a name for that that I do not know off the top of my head. Um, but it's like a couple of years after um, the kind of like the 300 era of things, because you get Leonidas's spear, but he was your like great grandfather or something like that. So, like, it's been some time since all of that shenanigans went down. Hmm. You don't get to participate in the, the 300 fight? You do. <laughs> that's literally the first fight that you do. Oh, is You play that's as sick. Leonidas. That's cool. And you, just, you have all of the powers in the game, and you play as Leonidas, and you just, like, go ham on everything. And then they're just like, cool, and this is how he dies, and then here's his spear tip that ends up being given to you. And here you are with the spear tip as this kind of like rogue mercenary. And, you know, you're just starting out and you don't have any of these powers that you just like had fun with. Now build up the powers. You know, I like just that make me so sad. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. It you gives you like you can I... become. Yeah. Yeah. Like... But then you're suck for like the yeah. next 10, 20 hours. <laughs> But I think you that's, know, it gives you a good reason to then play those next 10, 20 hours because you're like, man, I, I got to level up so I can get the Spartan kick so I can mm-hmm. Spartan kick people off of shit. Or I could just this start over is... and Spartan kick again yeah, and true. just play the first play like, the hour. opening mission yep. over and over. Yep. You know, I, I, just that seems right. read a, I just read a movie details post about the movie 300 and it got a lot of like kickback because um, it, it wasn't necessarily accurate to the fight, the battle. But no. the post was about how... <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Surprising. The post was about how even the story of like the 300, how it was relayed back to the Greeks was also just dramatic, dramatized big time, because essentially the goal was for them to like communicate this like heroic, crazy battle with all of these ridiculous details that didn't actually happen in order to uh, basically yeah. get the rest of the Greeks prepared to fight and excited about fighting. 
And it's I feel like that. Boost. I feel like that's yeah, made apparent at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like they send one dude back and then like you realize what of what I just saw was actually real because it's all from the perspective mm. of him telling the one, story. Right, yeah. right. Just neat. I thought that was kind of a cool uh movie perspective thing. Um, Brock, how about you? What have you been playing? Um, some super up to date things. Definitely. <laughs> uh so Bioware came out with their new smash hit anthem, which <laughs> sucked. <laughs> so I went back and played Dragon Age, their last good game that I liked, Inquisition, and, and platinumed it or whatever the equivalent of that is on an Xbox oh, that dang. no one cares about. So <laughs> I did that, which was a lot of hours, but it was yeah. really fun because mm-hmm. I missed that in that world and they put out a trailer and you're reading a book a few months ago i read three books you read three <laughs> books i so okay so kids have silent reading time and they told us it would be a good idea to read during silent reading time so i was like mm-hmm. i'll pick out a book i can read and i read them very quickly because i can read faster than a fourth grader <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> i've read three novels of backstory from dragon age which was really cool and also made me really mad that i didn't know this the whole time (laughs) that i played those games a few years ago because there's actually a lot of like story in these novels oh it's not just fluff no it's like actually relevant stuff super relevant to well the first one is like backstory to the first game uh the first two actually are kind of like backstory to um one of your main companions like dads so like it's old stuff but it's a lot of stuff that like tells you why the first game happened at all mm-hmm. which is cool uh the first two and the third one uh directly connects one of your characters win your healer from the first game to one of your rogues from the third game cole and I had no idea there was a connection there at all and I was like where's win like everybody comes back in these games because they're those Bioway games that like every decision is supposed to count, but so far in Dragon Age that's true. In Mass Effect they just killed it, which is sad. But <laughs> in Dragon Age they're all still connecting and like things are happening and blah de blah. Um but yeah, they connected characters and there's this whole backstory of these two characters are like, oh that's why he's around. That makes so much more sense. So mm. it made playing through it a lot more fun because I had more backstory. Which was great. Cool. Have you played the multiplayer in that? Well, I did for like a second, but why would you? Like, I don't know. doesn't play multiplayer, man. I because... don't like other people. Like, it did not affect my main story at all. Brock but is the perfect was... person to design a single player game for. I mean, if my $60 would keep them alive, that would be fine. <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah, I can spend $60 and then put like, whatever, 13 days worth of time into a game. <laughs> And only pay $60. It's great for me, but it sucks for them, I guess. I understand why they want me to buy skins and crap, but mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Just make what I want, please. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think Brock's <laughs> quite the right person to ask about the multiplayer portion I, of the game. I mean, I, I did maybe it. Maybe he had tried I it also out did the one for Andromeda, and I was like, this is fine for a second, but three was actually better. The three multiplayer, is multiplayer for three is better that than was, Andromeda. I played yes. that one more than any of them. I yeah, mean, isn't fair, everything awesome. about three better than Andromeda? Well, yeah. But, I mean, 
I didn't have I didn't have the problems with Andromeda that a lot of people had because I played on Xbox, which apparently is what you needed to do because <laughs> PC like their heads were backwards oh, yeah. and their faces sucked and whatever. <laughs> PlayStation just shut down on you and deleted all your stuff. Like Perfect. I don't know what that's about. But on Xbox I had zero problems except that game story wasn't great. Good. <laughs> yeah, but I learned recently when I was looking at the Dragon Age books that they also have Mass Effect books that supposedly are supposed to fill in the gaps from when they failed Andromeda. Mm. Well, like I know whole, what you're doing in quiet reading time. I know. There's a whole book telling me where the Quarian arc is, so I guess oh. I'm probably going to read it, because why not? Yeah, it might be interesting. Yeah. And then, now you'll never find out. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, yeah, that's the only way to find out, because yeah. th- those guys are, don't work there anymore. Wasn't there going to be Quarian Arc DLC? Oh, yeah. It was totally it planned. That's why they wrote a book about it. Because they had told <laughs> us they were going to tell us, and then they didn't. And there probably would be a riot if they didn't, at some oh. point, tell us what would happen. I was more nervous it was going to be like a graphic novel or something that I definitely wouldn't read. but Because mm. I'm an adult. <laughs> but Wow. Adulting. Burn. <laughs> you millennials <Yourself>. and your... <laughs> yeah. Go. Got him. I can read words. I don't need pictures. Anyway. Uh, just kidding. Comic books are great, and they, people love them. And I'm sure that's a super a super great way to spend your time. Uh, also, speaking of great ways to spend your time, I also played Wheel of Fortune a lot because my friends came to celebrate my birthday, which February, but whatever. And we, you did that by playing Wheel of Fortune? We played Drunk Wheel of Fortune, and... <laughs> on my switch and it's the best thing ever <laughs> it's really fun and really hard the longer you play mm. and aaron guess what i finally played yay i wow. finally played firewatch on my switch i downloaded it like months ago and never did it because i was always like mm, i'm not in the mood for this because it's gonna be all quiet and walky <laughs> <laughs> gonna wander that around is, yeah what'd you think something to do I I think I liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, it only takes a few hours to play through. I did most mm-hmm. of it in, like, one setting. Yeah. So, like, I think that helped. If I had stopped halfway in the middle, I probably would not have picked it back up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but it was pretty. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, it just kind of ended. And yeah. I had a lot of questions. But I yeah. feel like that's pretty common. I think the game's really good up until like the last 15 minutes. I was trying really hard to bang that lady on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just an edging session that did not pay off. Oh so, gosh. I mean, it's unlike very Dragon much Age, in... where I banged like four out of my <laughs> six companions. It's your favorite or whatever. thing to do in games. I mean, that's, why else would you play them? You play the Witcher <laughs> games, right? I have seen the Witcher banging situation on YouTube. <laughs> you looked up the Witcher banging scene. situation. You should you should also play some Assassin's Creed Odyssey because you can oh, sleep you with. Oh, you can bang goats. You can bang what? so many people. And yes, there's a goat scene. Um, I mean, that's okay. the only scene I've seen okay. because people were oh, okay. like sending it to me because they know that I it's, love all of that kind of you, stuff. You don't sleep with a goat. You just. There's Whatever. a guy having an orgy and a goat runs out of the room and then you walk in and you see another goat in the orgy. Yeah, goat mm-hmm. fucking is canon. That's just what happened back then. So. Oh. 
<laughs> I mean, do you have you played other walking simulators that you liked? I played Gone Home. I liked Gone Home a lot. Okay. Yeah. I played that one a couple times because I wanted to get the trophies. <laughs> um, what else did I? There's another one that I really, liked, but those are the two that stick out the most. Hmm. Okay. Um, let's talk about packs. Moved yeah. packs two Ooh. weeks ago. Uh, and it was in Boston, of course, where it always is. Pax East. Uh, nice. I don't know what, or how many years it's been there at this point, but we've gone the last seven years, so that's cool. Um, it. This is the second year that they had four days, and we had a group of I think there were nine of us mm-hmm. all together. Um, that went and had a good time, and I just wanted to kind of touch base on some of the cool had things that we got time. to experience. It was like the hey. worst Pax trip ever. Hey, there are a lot of Whoa. bad experiences. We'll cover that <laughs> oh, in a God. second, okay? This, this isn't nearly the good. worst. Pax itself was good. Right, Everything here's, around here's what, it was. Here's terrible. what you guys can do. You can talk about four things you like and one things you one thing you hated about Pax. Excellent. <laughs> okay. This is what we're gonna do. All right. All right. So I'm in. we're gonna go through a top four and a bottom one. Um, Alex, <laughs> we <laughs> we'll go ahead and get started with you. Well, you just changed the rules at the very last second <laughs> and then told me to talk the about rules. it. Barely. You know, we could go like one at a time. Like Alex could give his first top thing, and oh then my. Aaron, and then you know. Yo, I, go I, just, I just have a few. <laughs> I just have a few things I picked out. Okay, this this I'm just gonna mm-hmm. do what I'm gonna do. Yeah, you do you what do you're you. gonna do. You're fine do your unless thing, it's man. like twenty things. No, it's four, <laughs> we'll, four things. We'll tell so, you off at some point. Uh, the first thing I wanted to mention was the gearbox panel and Borderlands Three, and it's not mm-hmm. as one of my favorite things because actually we got cut off and not able to attend it. Every single one of uh, us attempted to get in, and all of us didn't make it in. You know. Yeah. You think at some point they would figure out how to both know how many seats are in an auditorium space and count the number of people in a line. Mm-hmm. But clearly, they've been doing it long enough that they still do not know how to, you know, they, they no, can't. No, they I mean, suck. Cutting at also one doesn't point, much. Yeah, I mean, at one point, a guy came, came by us with, like, one of those counter things and got well past us and was still, like, counting. And then they cut off the line way back behind us. And we waited like an hour and 15 minutes and got like maybe 30, 40 people from the front. And then they were like, the theater's full. Sorry. So that's so most likely what happened is after that guy counted, a bunch of people cut in front of you. you... Yeah, I'm I, assuming that almost certainly you know, happened. But yeah, they that, probably I mean, that also happens. They've, they've been doing a better job of preventing people to get getting in lines. Um, but they had like a couple of places where they just had a whole bunch of enforcers like standing you know, arm to arm blocking people from getting in the lines. But still, didn't solve all the problems. Yeah, obviously. There's um, some cool things that happened in that panel, though. Obviously, they announced Borderlands 3. Um, man, I just blanked on dude's name. Gearbox, <laughs> Gearbox guy. Gearbox Randy Pitchford. Just, just call him Gearbox yeah. guy. It's fine. Uh, Randy Pitchford was like they were having technical issues, so he was just like on stage doing magic at one point. It was like <laughs> a, he dislikes magic tricks, apparently. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so there's some fun times in there. And he, um, he called him out for not having like yeah proper he was, equipment. He got mad because they were like, "This is the reason why we wanted to bring our own equipment. Like you guys can't handle like you know all of our stuff." Blah blah blah. So all they wanted to do was show their trailer. Him, yeah, he eventually made them hook up their own like their equipment. He's like, "Just unplug yeah, they had this, like a laptop in. or something." Of course, and they the actually ran the better. trailer that at a decent frame rate instead of like five frames per second slideshow that they were doing before. Um, I also 
few games that were really cool. One of them is, that stuck out, uh, Darksburg. I liked that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't um, think I was going to like that one, but I actually did like that one. <laughs> they're positioning it as kind of like a cross between a MOBA and like a Left 4 Dead game. So like you have a handful of characters you can choose from that have unique abilities. And you take four people uh, into these campaign levels, essentially. And you're trying to complete specific objectives. And there's a ton of like zombies coming at you the entire time. And there's bosses and things. Special a lot enemies, too. Yeah, special enemies, like, um, similar to the Left 4 Dead stuff, like, a, basically the the guy, like, snatches you and, like, drags you away from your team and, like, kills mm-hmm. you eventually. Like, that guy was definitely in there. Witch. A few others. I thought yeah, the, the witch, abilities... Crying witch. I thought the abilities were cool. They seemed to balance each other out. Um, I think that that's clearly what they spent the most amount of their time on. Um, but I, I also really like the art style. And then I realized, or somebody had mentioned that uh, that these guys also did Northgard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, of course I like the art style because that game looks so pretty. Yeah, I mean, this I, is I a just game played that... Tracer with a squirrel on her shoulder. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. Legit, right off the box. Uh, yeah, I don't really like Northgard very much, but this game seems like something I'll play a lot. Yeah. Um. I also we saw Delphine's new game, Rad. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that one. That seems really cool. Brad, if you will. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> You're like, so... I, I will not, <laughs> sir. I won't. I won't do it. Thank you. It, it is a roguelike, and instead of like getting pickups or like abilities like traditionally, you basically you're like um, morphing. What do, what do you want to call it? Uh, mutating. Mutating. There's the word. Because this is like a post post apocalyptic world. Like there's, oh, there's that's been right. two apocalypses that have happened and now you're like running around in like this wasteland and like you're getting like genetic experience essentially and then like mutating and you'll get like this weird like pustule like man growing out of your back <laughs> and he like shoots things for you and like you can drop him on the ground and he'll explode or like you'll get like a your feet head. will turn, yeah, cover head. Yeah. Your feet will turn into like <laughs> some weird slime, and you like leave uh, damaging, like toxic trails. It's got, it's got a really cool style, and, and I like the uh, the upgrade system that they got in place. So the I best mechanic be in that game, so cool in this mechanic. Everywhere you walk, you leave a trail of flowers behind you. So first of all, you know where you've been because the tra- tra- flowers are everywhere, mm-hmm. and also. Anytime you're running along those flowers, you speed up significantly, so you can like backtrack through areas very quickly. Really, such a good mechanic. So I good. didn't notice that. I didn't either. That's, That's cool, cool, though. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, finally, I didn't get to play it, but it kept on catching my eye. A game called Heave Ho over at Devolver. <laughs> yeah, looks super fun. Um, you're basically like the monkeys in a barrel, kind of. Yeah, and you like grab onto each other and swing, and you're trying to get through these platformy levels, collect items sometimes, and you're just playing with like four people trying to like co-op swing each other through a level. Yeah, interestingly, it seemed like the levels were the same regardless of number of players. I saw people mm. four people playing on the same level that I saw two people playing on at a different time. But I don't. Well, I don't know those if levels would be very difficult with only two. Yeah, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know how that's split up, really, I guess. Maybe it's just early. They're planning on implementing some 
level stretching. Hmm. Yeah, they could maybe split it up later, and that was just like the levels they had complete or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Well, I'll go. Unless you have something you didn't like, Alex. Now that you've had a little bit of time to think about it while you were no, talking about I mean, other things. Kind of. Kind of. My Borderlands Three was the one I didn't like because yeah. I didn't get into it. Um, I had uh, a couple things here as well. Uh, you already mentioned one of mine, so I'll swap something different. Uh, Kunai was just kind <laughs> of fun. I liked it, and uh, we didn't really experience a lot of like the story gameplay as much as we experienced the time trial stuff. I did the story, but tell your you story. did. Did you like the story? What you uh, played of it? I think so. It was cute. It okay. was one of those. It was the same situation where you guys were playing the beefed up got all the things and i was playing the oh i've got one little but I don't... eventually i'm gonna have those cool things to climb up walls and do whatever <laughs> look i don't know what it is about like playing in a competition against potentially everyone at pax in order to get this dumb little plastic kunai but yeah I, I... you wore that thing with pride Woo! yeah Bloody. that's true we did I was that proof I was good at video way. games. <laughs> <laughs> you Everyone was huh? definitely staring at you and mm-hmm. knew that you were good at video games. <laughs> it was fun. I, th- I just felt like the game was really smooth. I don't know what the story is going to be like, but uh, if it's anything like the gameplay from the time trial, it'll be, it'll be fun. You have a lot of different mechanisms to move around and manipulate. And you know, Even when we finished uh, playing our levels or playing the time trial, and we got pretty good scores in terms of time, and then the dev came over and was like, hey, you want to see, you know, see the other guy who actually made the level do it? And we're like, yeah, sure. And He's like doing all these mechanics that aren't even explained in the game that you would only learn probably by playing enough of the story in order to figure it out. Um, which is it's just kind of cool that there's extra things that we didn't get to really experience in our time trial playthrough. The story's pretty Metroid-y. Like you go through the whole dungeon to get the thing. And yeah. then you go back the dungeon and you can use the thing in ways you couldn't have done earlier. Yeah. Um, additionally, uh, Bloodroots, I thought was a really cool game. Uh, we got to play a little uh, demo of that. Uh, it's very much along the lines of um, sort of Hotline Miami 2 in terms of like speed and intensity of killing people in the game. But you're basically running around as, a, I don't know what kind of character you are. I feel like you're, you're an Viking, animal. I think. You're a Viking? Yeah, I don't know. You're moving you so are, fast, it's hard to really tell. Yeah, the, they do like weird stretchy things with your character model, so I yeah. can see why you think that. Yeah, it's, uh, it was really cool because you could basically interact with anything in the game and turn it into a weapon, like rip off a piece of fence and hit somebody with it, roll a barrel and run people over, grab a fish that's hanging on the line and slap people in the face with it. Um, and it, it, you know, it's like a one hit. Uh, so if you get attacked by any enemy, so you're starting over at the checkpoint and you're just trying to race through the level until you get to the end killing everybody as fast as possible it was cool the animations were neat and the different types of attacks that they had in the game that you could actually do were i think really just unique and fun yeah and had a decent amount of variety just in that like one level oh yeah just in that small little spot you had a lot of different things you could grab even the ladder the ladder was really cool and where you're putting like yourself in the center rung and then you're just spinning really fast like juggernaut wrecking people it was really neat you use it like that and then also if you jump with it like you use it as like a springboard kind of oh yeah, yeah that's right that's right and tilt it up it's all about the chomp chain though the chomp chain's so good <laughs> it is pretty good um the third thing i'll mention is we went to a panel with uh, mike selinker called horror games and the art of betrayal um yes. where he basically just promoted the new game they're working on the whole panel <laughs> uh it, i say that but he also talked a lot about things in terms of just like the elements of how his career has evolved 
and how it's gone from, you know, some of the games he's designed in the past and like what they really thought about uh, when they were designing the different games like Betrayal. Um, and it, it was just a really, I, I enjoyed it. I think it was probably pretty, you know, like unprepared. I think he just tossed some slides together and was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about Betrayal and then I'm going to talk about my new game and it'll be great. Yeah. But um, I, I just thought it was really good. And it's kind of interesting to hear from somebody who's had the sort of mind or, or thought process to make something like a betrayal style game because we all mm-hmm. love it so much. Yeah, that panel was really good. I think just because he was really good at both speaking and just knowing what he's talking about. Yeah. He just has all that knowledge rolling around and he's just bitten. I out. mean, he, he had great. a 20 minute Q&A and at one point somebody asked him what his favorite game mechanic was, <laughs> yeah. which is like the most broad question you could ask about a game. <laughs> Yeah. Other than maybe what's your favorite game ever. Um, and, and he went like he actually narrowed down something in regards to like what he feels like makes things good. And I yeah. thought it was cool that he was able to even dial that in because, you know, he even started from, wow, that's OK, that's broad. But here we go. So I thought it was. Thought he it was, was cool. Yeah, he was really well spoken. My favorite question was somebody came up and was like, hey, I want to write horror, but I'm scared. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> and like somehow you turn that into like an interesting discussion. Like, I was like, "You're so dumb. Get out of here." <laughs> well, she was like, "How do I? How do I do this?" And I'm scared. And he's like, "Get a knife, stab yourself in the arm, and you won't be scared anymore." Or get a fork. It was a fork, not a knife. Yeah, it's very good. Um, last but not least, fun for me. Uh, it's kind of just outside of packs. We got to experience a lot more Boston than we normally get to. Uh, we actually took part of the day on Saturday and just rolled around Boston. We also went to a couple breweries, one of which was Trillium, which I thought was just awesome. They just opened a new place in in uh, South Boston in October, and we got to go have quite a few good beers there. We also went to a cidery yeah. uh, that's right across the water, and that was a really cool just experience. Also, we got a bunch of free <laughs> boozy cider, so that was it was great. Also, but. Boston's just such a cool city to explore. So I, it's nice that, it um, yeah, it's nice that that's where they have packs. I'm sure that would be the case no matter where we explore. Well, I say that, and that's then I remember that true. they have there are some parts of Boston we do not want to explore. <laughs> yeah, well, and there are also other cities we probably wouldn't want to explore um, if they were having packs there. What's the name of the the convention that they have in Indianapolis? Gen that Abe used to go C2 to Gen Con. Gen Con. MD five hundred. <laughs> yes, the Indy 500. Uh, um, so in terms of things that I did not like like about PAX this year, man, the list, let me tell you, had nothing necessarily to do with PAX, but more to do with people in Boston who like to not let me rent their house on Airbnb and just cancel last minute. I hate all uh, of you. Um, solve your problems. Fix your water lines that are leaking in your house. Stop selling your properties. Just let me stay there because I'm tired of rebooking things. Uh, additionally, a lot of people got sick this year, which just sucked. So, yeah, but PAX yeah, itself—that's my was bad great. thing. Yeah, is that your bad thing? People <laughs> yeah. getting sick. Yeah, got food poisoning. Not a great, yeah. great PAX. Yeah. If that's Wait, your bad thing, did all of that come from the same food, or did y'all just eat at no, terrible places all, all weekend? It, it was all, all separately. Places. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Caleb, if that's your bad thing, what's time. your good thing? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, do Caleb. have a few good things. Go um, for it. Most of them are games at this point because we talked about the other panel important things. Um, so some interesting games that were there. Uh, there was a game that came out in the Humble Bundle a while back. It was called uh, Epistory Typing Chronicles. Great game. But they have a new mm-hmm. game coming out called Nanotale that was there. 
and it's uh very similar but it's going to be much more open world and you can you know sort of go around different areas it, it seems like it might be metroidvania e which would be very cool mm-hmm. so i'm very excited about that uh and oh right divinity fallen heroes there's a new divinity game that they were showing larian studios was showing and it looks like we played it a little bit it looks a lot like original sin 2 but they've changed some mechanics to make it more like more tactical more like xcom e um in that like your whole turn your whole team takes their turn and then all the enemies take their turn so you can like combo with yourself mid-turn which is pretty nice mechanic how so, far did you get in your Fallen Heroes run? I got to... I had just started the second mission, so I got to use the blunderbuss. Oh, nice. So yeah. That was good. There's guns in this. I died instantly in the first <laughs> one and had to restart. Yeah, he was saying not many people were making it to the second mission. There's guns and uh, gunpowder on the ground, right? Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, so that, I'm very excited for that. That'll be, that'll be awesome. It's got. Uh, like that you, was you announced. Put, you can put Malady in your party. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yes, you can bring Malady. Seems like that was announced at PAX because, like, I saw. The... I think it was announced the day before PAX started. Oh, really? I think so. I, I saw a trailer go up on YouTube like the day after I got back from PAX. Oh, really? No, I was like, that's weird. That I saw that at PAX already. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they told us that they announced it the day before PAX. Hmm. I'm glad we're getting to the point where they're announcing big games at PAX. Yeah. I always felt like that was like a just frustrating because it's such a big convention. There's a lot of stuff going on. I've always wanted to be there when they're like announcing something cool, not just like a new online card game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually be in the theater when something cool gets announced. Yeah. yeah. Cross our fingers. Uh, I've got two more I'll go with. Uh, Mistover was a game that everybody played and seemed to... Well, not everybody, but a lot of people in our group played and seemed to enjoy a lot. It's um very Darkest Dungeon-like um, in its combat and kind of its exploration, except the exploration has more JRPG-ness to it, where you're moving around through a, a dungeon and you <laughs> have a whole bunch of abilities that you characters can use as you're you know, exploring. I, I think the coolest part of the demo that we got to play there wasn't just the gameplay itself what it was also them like in a game like this you find chests throughout the world and that gives you gear to make your person better but since you're only playing a demo version of this the chests had codes to redeem for gear that they were giving out yeah and so you had an incentive to kind of play through the level and be there longer to try to get like the t-shirt or the mouse pad rather than just like the pin. Right. Um, and I thought that was a really neat way of doing a demo for a convention as well as a good way of giving out your swag. And I was like, yeah, that was that was really neat. Like I, I understood exactly when I how they had that set up. I was like, wow, that's a such a great setup why aren't more games doing that right and i automatically understood why people were like standing in line for yeah, an it, hour to play it that. was very cool combination between their game and like it being on a show floor yeah very cool did you what what did you end up winning caleb all of it i got it all you, you got it all i, I also got it, got it all unfortunately it was the last day so i think they only had extra extra large shirts and above yep 
So, yeah, but whatever. I, I gave my XFL <laughs> shirt to my girlfriend, and I was like, here, Allison, here's a new dress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have another one, Caleb? Uh, I did. Uh, Tunic is a game. I don't remember who made this game, which I should I should know, but I've forgotten. It um, It's like a isometric polygonal art art style um dark soulsy combat wise game it looks gorgeous and i think just one guy has been making this for a couple years and the gameplay is pretty enjoyable it's got your dark souls you know like rolling and dodging and all that good stuff but it seems pretty good it doesn't it seems a little bit difficult not terribly difficult so far but that was a demo so i'm sure it'll get more oh. as the game goes in but this is a game where you're playing as a fox or a... yeah he plays a little fox with yeah, a green yeah. tunic yep that's yeah. totally yeah. not another hero <laughs> <laughs> but it looks it looks like it'll be pretty good yeah ben i don't know anything about who made that or when it comes out but um owen on to you Hey, uh, so the first, literally the first game that I saw on the show floor was one of the ones that I came back home with. It was just being like, holy crap, this is going to be really cool. Uh, I think me and Ben just could not stop talking about it, and it was called Lemniscate. And the premise of the game is that it is a turn-based first-person shooter. You spawn in a person, and you have 25 seconds to do anything that you want with that person. Uh, then you will have your opponent will go and then it comes back to you and you have then 25 seconds with a second person and all of the stuff is happening simultaneously. So what you did on your first round is happening during your opponent's round and it's also then happening during your second round. You're seeing what you did last round with your guy as well as what your opponent did. Um, and you have various different objectives. The one that we were playing was a kind of capture point. You had to go to a certain uh, point and activate it and say, like, okay, this is now mine. But then, like, Ben, uh, who I was playing it with, he killed my guy and then he went for it. And then I spawned in a guy during my turn and shot his dude and did some other stuff. It was actually really neat because there was a lot of stuff that you could do to, like, prevent things from happening. Like, you could snipe people at the start of the map or i saw one guy he like ran down a hallway and he was shooting bullets randomly down this kind of intersection uh, intersecting corridor but there was nothing there but then when it was his friend's turn his friend couldn't go down that corridor because now there's a bunch of bullets coming that way and so i thought it was a really neat uh kind of design it's amazing to me that there were and alex i think you and i were discussing this there were two games that were time-based uh, at the same time, that had sort of a similar mechanic. I don't remember the name of the other one. Yeah, there was That's definitely there was another one yeah. that was basically the same idea. Yeah, and it was because you're 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 well in that case you're like playing as yourself and you're you're dropping off like a cloned version of yourself and you're traveling back in time and then doing something else is another version of yourself, but just in a different area. And the same things were happening on screen. Like somebody would shoot into an area where there was nobody at, and it's because they just anticipated that somebody's going to be moving there next turn. Yeah, I just I thought that was a really neat thing. Uh, another game that I kind of got sucked into was a game called The World Next Door. It, yeah. it was. What do you mean? Yeah. I said yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just like no. Um, the happy. It, it was. It was a very. It's so. It's the story of a 
of like kind of like there's the monster realm and the human realm and they know about each other's existence and you can send like messages and emails and stuff back and forth but only like once every few years they like send people across and you got to like your character is one of the lucky people to go over there and so you have elements of kind of choosing your dialogue to see how things will end up but you also like the gameplay is uh kind of like a match three basically of like you're in this arena and you have to match up three things to fire off different spells at the enemies that are chasing after you as you're running around the arena. It played pretty fun. It had a really cool story. The art style was really nice. I was very interested in this game. Definitely going to pick it up. Uh, another game that also had a very interesting uh, art style and gimmick was Felix the Reaper, which mm. is like a puzzle game where you are a grim reaper and you have to have these people die in the the ways that it says, but you have to like kind of figure out how to manipulate the world and just the shadows to do it. But it's also very lighthearted because your character Felix uh, just has this ball in soundtrack 24 seven and cannot stop dancing. So he's just kind of dancing around the map in the shadows, you know, shaking his little butt twerking while he's killing people. And he is basically just a fat general grievous. Yeah. That's that would be a very good description of him, but yeah. it was it was a fun game. I really liked it. I thought it was a, a neat idea, and I'm eagerly excited to see when that will come out at some point in 2019. Uh, there are um, actually a lot of really cool games over in that booth. I'm not even sure who the uh, who whose booth that was, but there were like six or eight games in that booth, um, and they were actually giving out prizes if you played six of them. Um, but there were a lot of cool looking games over there. I don't, I don't think we explored that area a lot. I don't. I wasn't really taken with uh, a lot of the other stuff that they had, but I don't know. Uh, also, the developer is Kong Orange. Kong so Orange. Kong okay. Orange. Um, the other game that we tried out that I really liked was Bio Mutant, where you're like this kind of raccoon and so cute and you're adorable <laughs> and you have They're guns adorable. and giant things Sometimes. and you just punch and shoot your way through things and it was fun you can um, make yourself very not adorable yes why would you do that <laughs> so the game has an interesting mechanic where when you build your character you give it it has like a stat wheel that you kind of move along to decide on all your stats and the stat wheel de- determines what you look like more or less which I thought was a neat addition. So if you have like high intelligence, you got a bigger head, stuff like that. <laughs> it was neat. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the negative thing that I would have to say is that I, on the last day, was trying to kill some time, and I decided that I would sign up for a magic draft, just one of the random pods that was firing off, because why not? I mean, I've never actually done like a full-on magic draft at any of these kind of things. So I did it and I, you know, was drafting with these guys and they seemed quite friendly. I go against my first opponent. He flips out a mat that is just like it says on it that is like, oh, yeah, like mythic invitational, like invitee or something like that. And I was just like, oh, that's like the big magic tournament that's happening here. And I like some guys sees it next to him and asked, just like, oh, yeah, how'd you do? And he's like, oh, I placed sixth and I just wanted to oh come here gosh. and blow off some steam. And so I was like, <laughs> cool. So here's the guy that's ranked number six in magic. And I'm about to play him in a draft and I'm not good at magic at all. And oh. he just dumpstered the fuck out of me. Oh. Like, 
I don't think that I got past turn four in any of the two games that I played against him. And since it was single elimination in the draft, that was it. I got my ass handed to me and I got thrown out of the draft. And I was like, I, cool. That's just fun. not fun. I mean, like, they're just ruining the game for other people. It's like when in Dota, when people create a Smurf account and then just come wreck in the lower brackets. Yeah, it's like, like, why? I, I, I don't know. It, it, it can't have been fun for him. Uh, like, I don't know what challenge I was supposed to put up with. And I was talking to him a bit after because we finished so early. And he was just like, hey, do you mind if I see, like, what you drafted? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I handed him, like, my pool and everything. And he's like, wow, you built the exact deck that I would have built. Which just then told me, it's just like, you did the right things. You just suck at playing the game. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. That makes me feel even better, dude. I mean, um, I would think that would make you feel better. I'd rather hear that than, wow, you built a terrible deck. I, at least if I built a terrible deck, it would be like, oh, you know, I didn't get the right pulls or I wasn't pulling the right things. But that basically was just him being like, oh, well, you know, you did the right things in the draft. You just suck at actually playing magic. And I'm so much better at this because I'm ranked number fucking six in the world or some shit. And I'm just like, I don't know. I think there needs to be a, a hard set rule that if you're playing at that level of like tournament, you don't get to play with other people that are not ready to like i wish i would have had like some sort of notification before sitting down with this dude because i would have saved twenty dollars and not play the draft like that just was not fun in any sort of way that was a pain in the ass like it was just a waste of time it didn't make me feel good like i don't i don't know what the point of that was but i was just like dude like I would never dream of playing something that I'm really good at against people that aren't good at it just for, oh, because I want to blow off steams and prove that I'm decent at something, Like yeah, I yeah. guess. like yeah. I'm not sitting here playing Overwatch and being like, oh, let me make a Smurf account so I can beat up some bronze players. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That just maybe, seems not fun. Maybe you just get tired of like such a level of intensity. You just want to go play something mindless, but in the same realm that you normally, you know, whatever game you're normally playing. I mean, yeah, but that's like, there's there was a at the same time that we were doing ours there was a chaos draft happening and the difference there is basically the draft that we were doing is like kind of a hey here's the uh specific set of cards uh you know it's a specific uh set that you have packs from and whereas the chaos one is just random so yeah. you don't know what packs you have. You don't know what cards you're going to get. It's completely random off the walls. It can be new stuff and old stuff, just old stuff. Like, you know, some things from like the early 20,000s. Like, it's just off the walls craziness. And if you're looking for a fun thing to do, I would think that would be what you would want to do to pull yeah. off some steam. Because it's like just seems like the thing that you would have more fun at. Because it's just a lot more randomness and just oh, who knows? Right, that's, something. Uh, it's like more regular, you know, not like not like just the typical thing you normally play. And you're just going to tone down the intensity or the difficulty. You're just going to go play something completely different. Yeah, I think this guy just wanted yeah. to kick a bunch of asses because he didn't do well in the tournament, and uh, I unfortunately was on the receiving end of that, which I was just like, "Thanks, dude. You're he's on a feel asshole. good tour, man. Feel good yeah. tour. Roman holiday." Uh, I did want to tag on to just magic. I thought it was interesting. At one point, Alex and I were walking around and we got to see the announcement trailer for the new. I don't know if it's a season or a... it's a new set. It's okay, a new, new set, set of cards. Yeah. Let me tell you, I like I got chills watching that trailer. It was really cool. Um, it was long and like I 
I don't even understand the characters, the context, but you could just tell by like the story that there was a lot going on and it was very in-depth. It was very well produced. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the end and I'm like, wait, but it's cards. But it's but it's cards. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe what you first said is just, you know, here's this amazing trailer. And then they come out afterwards and is like, all right, now who wants to see some cards? Yeah. And everybody freaking loses their minds. The guy's like, how about this one? They put like a, one of the new cards up on screen. I was like, oh, my God, this is a new <laughs> card. Yeah, I, I don't. They built such a very good universe around magic and the characters in it. And there's such a fascinating story that. I do hope they do something with it one day outside of just the cards. Like, I never want the cards to be a back burner of magic because it is very essential to what it is. But at the same time, it's one of those things of just like, you know, this is the the set that's currently coming out is a is a is like the finale chapter of what has been happening the past few years with all of the sets of like kind of like there's this story that the cards have been telling about this big creature that has been trying to plot its its takeover of the entire multiverse and how it's slowly picking all of these things up one by one until now we have this kind of payoff of the heroes have united to try to take this thing down like with one last chance and it's like that's a really good story. Now we're in the end games, what you're telling me? Basically, oh, yeah. Oh, snap! You know, it's it's a good story. It's a story that people, obviously, you know, end game, like, people like. And you could make a show or movie or something out of this, and I'm sure. But I, I think that the telling the story through cards is hindering their outreach. I, I always look at magic and thinking of how bigger it could be if it just t- like took its characters and did something else with it and put it into you know an rpg setting or just something else like the recently they've been doing a lot of like uh stuff with dungeons and dragons and so they're running sessions of dungeons and dragons but they're set in the magic universe cool. um so yeah just it's neat but they need to do more with it uh brock how about you buddy? hey um well, as Jake's new replacement, I feel like I <laughs> have to bring up Boyfriend Dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. Which we actually got to play this time. I mean, it was there last year, but they were just kind of showing a trailer. But this year, I got to sit on a little couch and bang a bunch of swords, which you guys know. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're if called Beyblades. If you want me to. Yes, they are called Beyblades, <laughs> which is probably the best thing I've oh, ever heard. Right. In my I life. missed that. Like, this is. The game made for me. I, <laughs> I think it's made it's for everybody, got, Brock. Nope, just me. <laughs> and yeah, like it's like a top-down. What I don't know, Caleb. What is the technical term for this type of game? <laughs> roguelikes. It's like an action thing. Yeah, yeah. Action RPG roguelike. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but like before you go into the dungeon, you got to make sure you take your sword on a date with you to the club, and this other sword girl was like trying to get in the middle of me and my boyfriend. And I was like, no, sir, no, ma'am. One's mine. <laughs> and then he, and then he was like, ah, oh, thanks. And he like leveled up and he was like stronger when I went into the dungeon. And then the best thing about this game, called is, the dunge. Thank you. The dunge. Yeah. You know what? With the J you're missing <laughs> the point. You're missing the point. <laughs> 
Anyway, we go into the dunge, <laughs> which is like an old mall. I don't. I didn't get a whole lot of the story, but something has happened because like the dunge was like an old like mall, shopping mall that has mm-hmm. just like taken over by monsters, and there were these sword people like trapped in like safes that I had to crack. It was very weird. Um, but it was great because the swords don't get mad, as far as I can tell, if you're dating other swords. <laughs> so I can be the sword master oh, and bang all the swords. And the swords are, a vi- it's not just boyfriends. There was a girl in there, and I forget what she was, but she had blue hair. And she was a the, dagger. She was, was she the dagger? Yeah. Yeah. The, bo- the main guy that they had was like a pirate sword. Yeah. Um, he was very swashbucklery. Mm-hmm. And there was a the cat you couldn't get to, I don't think. You couldn't get to it in the game. right. But they're, they're like te- the they're teasing the cat that you can bang, <laughs> which is very hopeful boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the, I say there was one other like androgynous looking. Character. There, I think there's multiple androgynous characters. Yes, but there was one specifically that I saved out of a safe oh, in the dungeon. Gotcha. And it was just like, oh, hey, where am I? Who are you? And then it's like, I'm just going to go back home. Let me know if you want to hang out later. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah. So there was someone else to bang. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but you just like level them up as you go. And it's super fun. And I'm very excited. And the people were great. Oh, the guy who made it, this tiny little Asian guy who didn't say much. It just seemed very out of character. He was just like very quiet and very just like, oh, thanks. And then you look at this game and it's just like rippling abs and like all this like, (laughs) (laughs) all this like super in your face stuff. And he's just like, oh, yeah, thanks. This is great. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. I was like, your brain is sick, my friend. But (laughs) I appreciate you and all that you do for the world. So, Boyfriend Dungeon was great. Um, I played or I bought. A uh, board game that you guys play with me called We're Doomed. Oh, um, this again, this kid was not very old. I say kid, I'm gotten really old apparently because <laughs> very old. When we first went to these things, it was like, oh my peers, and now we go to these things, and I'm like, oh this poor little guy trying to sell his game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I better say hi to him. He looks like he needs to talk to people or whatever. He's probably 24. I don't know. Adulting, Brock. Adulting. (laughs) The point is, his game he had just published came out like four days before PAX, and I think he did really well. He was sold out by the time by the end of Sunday, which was awesome. But this game is 15 minutes. It's got its own built-in hourglass, and it is cooperative, kind of, kind of like Galapagos and some of those other games where it's also 10 players, which is great. Um. But you all have different, you represent different forms of government, and everyone is trying to build a rocket ship to get off the Earth, so you pile all your resources in the middle. The more resources in the middle you have, the more seats you have on the rocket to get are, off. Are they Are they trying to get out of there? Um, are they working together? So <laughs> that's just having some son of a bitch. <laughs> this is why that guy liked to beat you in magic, because you cry about it, and it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo! I was trying to help everybody out there. I was I said trying to build the rocket ship. I said kind of cooperative. You shoot me in the back and kill me. I shot you in the face. 
second of all. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So Just you're wow. trying to build as many seats on the rocket as you can. However, the there are influence tokens, and however many influence tokens you have determines the order of who gets the first seats. So if you don't build enough, like if you have the most influence, you still get to win. So there's this like the whole whatever everyone can win but probably won't win yeah type of situation uh man not our yeah. second game at least yeah the second game was bad but i think we just need to shuffle the cards because it was a <laughs> yeah, new probably. it was a new game and we got like a bunch of cards that were very similar and killed us like all right in a row um but the first i played it three times while we were there and i played it once while i was here and it what did not go that badly but i did still kill someone so perfect it's a That's, great game for you. I do like these mostly cooperative games where you can still backstab people. It's kind of my thing. Apparently I have two things, banging everyone and... If they made them. an <laughs> online multiplayer game that was mostly cooperative, I where would, you were backstabbing people... I mean, I would do that with you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But okay. I wouldn't do it with strangers. Because uh, it would be less fun with strangers. Cause they that's true. Like, Out of context. Yeah, and strangers on the internet suck. <laughs> like there would be no cooperative in that that's they would jokes. all immediately try to kill you that's very true like not fun at least with friends you can like pretend like you like yeah play the dark zone in division 2 and go rogue as everybody puts their bags on the exactly <laughs> the thing like steal everybody's loot um I feel like you guys mentioned the other things I had there was I really liked the um Darksburg Alex talked about. That was my other one. It's only Kuna, three Brock. You're cool. supposed to have four Brock. Uh, wow. Well oh well my bad thing might make up for this. My bad okay. thing was that I only got to go one day this year. Out that was of the sad. Four. So I might have less things to list because I was just there on Sunday. <laughs> However Man, adulting was really sucks, fun. Bro. I know, right? Saturday was really fun. Because I got to just wander around all day, and I got coffee at all these bougie places, and I got to read my Dragon Age book in the park. <laughs> Till Alex and Aaron. Till Alex and Aaron. Yeah. We did. Like, we ruined everyone's fun. You didn't ruin my fun. You took me to the random abandoned warehouse in the wharf drink cider. <laughs> it was literally abandoned. This, abandoned. Place, this place was real sketch. Like, it <laughs> Very was one sketchy. Of those, it reminded me of something like Stefan would say on... Uh, Saturday Night Live. Where he's like, <laughs> it's an abandoned warehouse. On a like shady I was, wharf. There's cider. Yeah, was, there's uh, <laughs> like there's we were Australian gonna get robbed. meat pies. There, like, there was a lot of weird things on that wharf. Like, I was that. definitely like, we're gonna get robbed. Except for there was like a billion people walking around. So I was it like, was, well, never mind. I guess this is okay. Everybody's just out <laughs> here walking around. Yeah, it, it was, was fine. Shady when we pulled up. Yeah, the Uber guy like drove us down an alley. I was like, I don't. And also, we literally just we walked into the cidery. They gave us five free drinks, and then we just left. Yeah, we did not buy a single thing at that place. It was pretty great. <laughs> Downey Cider. Pretty great. Thanks for the sponsorship. <laughs> uh, it was great. Yeah. Um. Well, I did did want to mention while we were kind of wrapping up here a couple things to just be aware of. Like I said earlier, we just finished our. Uh, March Humble Monthly Bundle Rumble, so make sure you check that out. Um, did that actually get posted in March, Caleb? No. No, Dang definitely it. not. We were very close. <laughs> and we, we were, were very gone close. for PAX, so... Oh, we were gone for PAX. It's, March was a busy month. It was. I don't think it um, got posted in March. 
<laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, either way, check that out. Humble Monthly Bundle Rumble. Again, uh, additionally, next week we're going to be having uh, another special podcast from The Four. Um, talking about all of the rankings of Marvel movies that they've watched uh, before the release of Endgame, which will be kind of cool. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular episode of The Forecast. So tune mm-hmm. in for that. And did you just mm-hmm me? Don't yeah. mm-hmm me. I'm, mm-hmm. A, I'm agreeing. You don't need to check, agree. Check out my Sekiro video on our... Yeah, yeah. check out Alex's Sekiro. Good. Is it quite good? It is quite good. Is it just a lot of him dying? Just a lot of him um, sucking at Sekiro? I mean, he does die a bunch in it, but... It is Sekiro. Oh. I mean, that's kind of what it is. You're supposed to yeah. die. You're supposed to die. Okay. Whatever you say. There's, a, there's about 75 deaths cut into the video. And the video is like, what, a minute and a half? No, no it's two minutes. cut out of the video. I didn't use all my deaths. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of music. Oh, man. All right, we'll check that out. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Brock Gobin, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Also, this week's podcast was again brought to you by Reclaim Industrial, a small but amazing shop of makers, designers, and fabricators based out of Bluemont, Virginia. You can check out their website at www.reclaimindustrialwithane.com. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.